welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And this is our opening gambit. first episode of the phoenix foundation podcast our opening gambit if you will we've been talking about doing this for a while now so it's nice to actually be sitting down and recording it yeah uh macgyver has always been something that's on my mind a lot ever since i was a kid Uh, i think it's the building stuff and building traps and putting things together uh that always got me as a kid and like because i did that kind of stuff a lot (laughs) got myself into a little bit of trouble now and then (laughs) Yeah, I think um, a, a big part of what made it so popular and so different from other shows is that it did focus on that, the creativity of building something mm-hmm. and and avoiding like just the violent, like his whole no-gun policy, although that doesn't hold true for the, our first for, episode. Yeah. But. It's a, it was a pretty family-friendly show for the most part. I mean, there was definitely some, some, uh, some low-grade violence, but uh, I definitely watched it. Yeah. Growing up, so I, I I don't remember having any, too many restrictions about watching it. Yeah, I, I remember actually being impressed when I actually sat down to get started doing the research for this show and realizing that these are hour-long episodes. Like, action-adventure series don't really last this long. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially not – they don't go for seven seasons of someone doing these kind of stunt work and explosions and everything. Yeah. For those of you uh, that are listening to this show for the first time – I just wanted to explain that uh, this show is going to be a little bit different. We're not actually analyzing an episode um, of MacGyver. Uh, this is just going to be sort of an introduction of ourselves and uh, and to the show for for anyone who's who's not familiar with the show. Um, and if you are not familiar with the show, shame on you. And you should become familiar with the show. It is entirely available via the Watch Instantly function of Netflix if you have it. Um, I recommend checking it out there. And if not, I think it's also available on the CBS website. Uh, probably. I think I think that's how I originally started watching it online yeah. was through CBS. But maybe they may have migrated it since then. So I think um, it would be worth your time uh, if you're interested in continuing on listening to the, the podcast to watch an episode in advance of listening to the show devoted to that episode. And it'll be clear which episode um, each podcast relates to from the name when we post them. But uh, but we'll also try to make sure that the episode is entertaining enough. Whether or not you've you've seen the actual MacGyver episode, you'll still be interested in listening to the podcast. Right, because we, you know, while we will talk about plot elements and uh, there will be spoilers, and we will go into detail about any kind of twists or whatnot that might happen, uh, we also want this to be its own. You know, get your own a secondary insight. I guess would be the best way to put it. That uh, you've watched the episode and now you're may have your own opinions but our opinions are better no um uh but maybe um we'll pick up on some things that you didn't notice or maybe we'll bring attention to or you share like opinions or even better would be uh that you kind of agree with some of the points that we make and maybe just culturally macgyver just enjoying macgyver for what macgyver is because it's certainly not any kind of elemental realism for the most part it's just great action fun and regardless of what you might think of MacGyver now, looking back on it and thinking maybe it's kind of cheesy, um, which certainly it can be, but I think that 
if you're listening, then you probably have some kind of appreciation as much as we do. And maybe you'll notice things that we didn't necessarily notice in the episode, in which case um, we would like to point you in the direction of uh, we have a Twitter feed. Our Twitter handle is at opening gambit, which is the name of this episode, just without the space. Um, And if you're not a big follower of MacGyver, you should know that uh, the origin of the phrase opening gambit, as far as we're using it, is uh, the first act usually of each individual episode um, was referred to as an opening gambit, and it would feature MacGyver already in the midst of some mission and working his way out of it before the title sequence actually started. Some of them are pretty amazing, and we're going to make sure to describe each opening gambit as we go. They were often written and directed by different people than wrote the episodes. Right. It's like you're, you're coming off the tail end of an adventure, and you're just seeing the final... The, the, you're seeing the climax, really, of an unrelated MacGyver adventure. And they were so unrelated that they... I don't... I can't recall any specific instance where the opening gambit played directly into... Uh, an actual episode, but maybe there may be some. Sure. But for the most part, it just seems the reason, the whole reason that they were written and directed by the people, because they were probably just cranking them out, and they probably filmed ten or fifteen of them to put before any episode that they needed, which probably actually helped keep the scripts shorter. You know, because we were, did say that this is an hour-long show, which is like forty-four minutes as far as with commercials. Yeah. But with the opening gambit being a very length, that that pretty much brought down the actual action of the episode down to 35, 30 minutes. And I always kind of thought, and I don't know if this was necessarily the case, but that maybe the opening gambit became sort of a training ground for writers and directors who hadn't worked their way up to a full-length episode yet, where they just like had an odd amount of time in their shooting schedule that they could get out and shoot something in a junkyard. And so they would write one opening gambit that just took place here. Right. And then they could wrap it over a weekend and then they would have something under their belt to be like, okay, you've, you proved yourself on a few opening gambits. Are we ready to move you into an episode yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Which may or may not have even been the case. Yeah, no, no, but, but, uh, you know, it, it certainly makes sense to me. <laughs> Obviously, um, a big part of the show are the MacGyverisms, the right. inventions that he builds within the episodes. And we'll try to make a point to discuss as many of the major ones as we can. Yeah. I mean, some, some of them are pretty, insignificant uh but you know you could argue oh well he he did this or he did that um but uh you know if he props a chair up against the door we're not going to say that's macgyverism but uh unless it's like a crazy chair yeah it's like a recliner (laughs) (laughs) but uh, the moment you you usually get a good clue when he's putting together a macgyverism there's a lot of insert shots or him glancing at objects or making a note of looking at something and saving it for later mentally and also, um, if you have favorite MacGyverisms from specific episodes and you want to write us about them, we can hold on to any kind of message we get from you guys until we reach that episode and kind of bring up whatever point you want to make. So if you're interested in, in watching ahead of us and uh, giving us your thoughts on anything, we, we are going to try to make this uh, kind of reciprocal thing. We want, we, want to have, we want to hear communication from other fans, and uh, we would love for your contributions to become a part of, of what we're trying to do here. Because we know we're not the only MacGyver fans out there. We can't can't be. It just can't. Um, not, not in a world with the internet. There's got to be too many people. Too many people from the '80s who love MacGyver. Yes. And we should mention again here: our Twitter handle is at Opening Gambit, all one word. And we can also be found on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast. And we also have a website. Our website is phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. 
so we can be contacted at contact at phoenixfoundationpodcast.com um, and there should be a link on the site as well down the line i will probably be reaching out to um, people who have made appearances on the show luckily with the internet it's actually possible to get a hold of some of these people um, and if we can and if the people are willing i would like to uh, include sort of an interview segment maybe as a post-show piece or maybe as a, a secondary download that would just be you know interview with so-and-so with from episode whatever um so if anyone out there knows anyone involved with the show in any way uh, we would love to hear from them about their time on the show in whatever capacity they served and we're going to continue looking for people on our own this doesn't have to be limited to actors either i mean we can, if we can if we can find anyone who uh who had a good solid aspect of working on the show a former director or writer uh just to talk about uh their general opinion of the show how they got hired uh what kind of experience it was for them because i don't imagine uh writers maybe even got to be on set very often maybe they did sure uh i'm not always that familiar with uh that aspect or maybe the just the creative process of i know the writers ended up working with like there were like people that were specifically assigned to the show that worked throughout the episodes that kind of built in the logic of the inventions and and they would like run through the scientific probability of things working mm-hmm. and uh things like that that's a lot there, that, that's a lot to do uh i know some people who who worked on burn notice and a lot of that was researching the little macgyverisms that he, uh uh michael weston would put together on that show yeah and uh, so they always had to kind of work, like, you know, if you're trapped in here, what do you have? And how do you make it work in a realistic way? Yeah. Uh, so I know that that kind of thing takes a lot of research. May not always be 100, 110% scientifically accurate. Sure. Uh, because they, there were issues with this show not wanting to have kids have the knowledge to make a bomb. Yeah, or and Richard to... Dean Anderson had made that point, too, about MacGyver in, in some cases. I mean, he makes a bomb in almost every episode. Right. Which is funny, because he's, like, such a pacifist, he doesn't use guns, but... <laughs> they're, they're, always dis- they're always distracting bombs, yeah. or distracting weapons. That's true. He doesn't, he doesn't really bomb people. It's more like he bombed an empty shed to distract everyone. Right. But, um, but yeah, they would, they would skip important steps or just change an ingredient so that whatever explosive a person tried to make emulating the show would be completely useless. Yeah. It wouldn't actually hurt anybody. Just good. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Probably the wise decision. Yeah. Which actually kind of makes me think that all that Mythbusters stuff didn't work then. It's like they, they, they did the Mythbusters to show, but they must have had they must have known that some of that stuff was altered, right? Well, did they test anything that was supposed to have lethal force, or did they only test well, things I think that I, were... I know one of the things that they tested, oh, I don't know if I should bring it up since this is in the pilot, um, is uh, the sodium bomb. That, oh, okay. That they w- it would not have it wouldn't, force. It, yeah, sure. Not to say that it wouldn't work, though, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah true. It would work. It just wouldn't... You'd need a lot more sodium. Yeah, you'd need a lot more, and I guess you'd have to direct the blast a little bit more, because... He just barely like yeah he just covers tucks in dirt. dirt on top of it. Get, getting into getting into topics of uh, the the of the next episode that you're about to listen to. Yeah, uh, which by the way, um, if you are interested in starting off with an episode actually reviewing the show, I should mention here at the very end of this one 
that you could have been listening <laughs> to our review of the first episode, which should be posting the same day as this, uh, for the people who really wanted to hear our take on episode one. The pilot. Uh, there are seven seasons of the show in total. We're going to do TV movies here, right? Oh, I hope so. That's <laughs> My intent is to cover as much MacGyver ground as we can. We might even go into, like post macgyver career commercials that richard dean anderson played yeah. a MacGyver-esque character have a whole episode just devoted to recurring his simpsons MacGyver. his simpsons guest his appearance simpsons stuff everything the reason we chose to debut this show today on january 23rd is because at least according to a percentage of the macgyver fan base um this could be misconstrued as macgyver's actual birthday um it is at the very least richard dean anderson's birthday uh, but there is some uh, discrepancies. People claim that the episode which features um, MacGyver's passport was actually a falsified passport and that it's not his birthday and his birthday's in March. But um, in case you believe that it's January 23rd, that's why you're getting this today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> RDA at least. Yes, Mr. Mr. Dean Anderson. Do people call him that? Do people call him Mr. Dean Anderson? Just, I don't know. When you have, when you use three names, what is the? I mean, the you're obviously using three names for a purpose. Usually, it's because someone in SAG is already Richard Anderson. I imagine that's a pretty like, popular name. Yeah, if I if I said like Clarissa Joan Hart or Melissa Melissa Joan Hart who played Clarissa, <laughs> I would would have, I would I would want to say, call Joan her Miss Joan Hart. Sure. Yeah, that works. I should also mention our theme music, which you're hearing now, is a MIDI approximation of Randy Edelman's MacGyver theme, which was put together by my good friend Martin Broder, so special thanks to you, Marty. And if you're checking us out on iTunes, you should be looking at our awesome logo, uh, which was put together by my good friend Andy Bernier. So special thanks to Andy as well. Um, Andy, of course, did our website art also, so be sure and check that out. And uh, stay tuned for uh, episode one uh, coming right up.